Can the Chargers exact revenge on the Patriots after that 45-0 ass-whooping that they gave the Chargers in the 2020 season? On today's show, we're going to be getting into our keys for success so the Chargers can take down Bill Belichick and the evil empire this weekend. And we have John Kegley on the show. Me, David Drogmeyer, John Kegley throwing things back to the old school, our first trio YouTube show. But let's go ahead and get into it. Are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. We got David Drogemeyer and, of course, one of the original members of the Locked On Chargers podcast, John Kegley, making his YouTube debut but thank you to everyone who's checking this out for the first time and thank you for making us your first listen if you guys are watching on youtube thank you make sure to hit the subscribe button at the bottom and if you guys are listening on any platform wherever you get your podcast from we appreciate you too and make sure you follow or subscribe there as well but on today's show we'll be doing our normal thursday show but doesn't feel normal or the friday show because it's the patriots this weekend the dreaded patriots i mean the last time the chargers beat the patriots it wasn't even tom brady who was the quarterback it was matt castle so like it's been a long series between those two teams. I'm sure John will have something for that in his all-time series notes when we get into the predictions at the end of the show. But we're going to start with our keys for success defensively going up against a rookie quarterback, but a team that offensively has been hanging in with some really good teams before getting into the defensive side of things for the Chargers or the offensive side of things with Justin Herbert, seeing if he can bounce back from his worst game in 2020, right? I think there's a lot on the line. We'll learn a lot this week with Justin Herbert and his growth, right? Because I think he's going to need it for the Chargers to succeed on Sunday. And then to wrap up the show, we have a big injury alert because Austin Eckler was held out of practice with a hip injury. Apparently, it's never good if you get sat down later on in the week after being a full participant on Wednesday, was not able to go on Thursday. So that is something that is very alarming going into a matchup where you know you're going to need all hands on deck. But today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's is one of my favorite places, guys, and they've been serving communities since 1965, and we just really appreciate their support on this because McDonald's is obviously one of my favorite places, and it's more than just some place to get some food. It's been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center, so our big thanks to McDonald's for sponsoring this show. I'm loving it. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get in our defensive keys for success because it's going to be a game where the Chargers defense could have a decent game, right? But I think it starts with the run defense. And especially when you think back to the last year's matchup on over 40 carries for almost 200 yards, what they were able to do, the Chargers on special teams as well. I feel like it starts there. But David, kick us off with your biggest key for success defensively for the Chargers going up against the Patriots. Yeah, the, the first, I mean, that is definitely an important aspect. The run defense, obviously, we're going to talk, t- touch on that. But the first thing for me is getting pressure on Mac Jones. The Patriots are giving up two sacks a game. They've given up 14 sacks so far. And when Mac Jones is under pressure, he has a completion percentage of only 56.7 and only averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. And he's also thrown three interceptions and a couple of pick sixes to boot to mix in with that. So if you get pressure on Mac Jones, good things are going to happen. Yeah, I think it's six interceptions, right, for him so far this year, three fumbles. That's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of my keys, too, is capitalize on one of Mac Jones' mistakes because even with those turnovers, 
There's a couple other times per game. It seems like every game there's a play where somebody can turn it over. Like last week, a jet dropped an easy interception. So he should be able to give you a chance to make a play, capitalize on it. And when you're playing a team like the Patriots, when you can gain those added possessions, it's just absolutely huge because you know that's not part of the New England game plan. So when you can get them off of that a little bit, I think it's going to be a huge thing for the Chargers. I think another thing too is just speaking of game plans, getting them off schedule, right? And Brandon Staley talked about it. It's so hard for pass rushers to get home. And he felt like the pass rushers this year have played well, but it's way too many, you know, third and twos, third and threes, third and ones where those guys can't really just get after it on the outside. They still have to worry about contain on the run. They can't just pin their ears back, set their eyes on the quarterback like you would if it's third and 15, right? So I think that's a big part of it as well. But overall, I mean, I think this just has to be the most disciplined game for the Chargers defense this season because there's just so much misdirection for the Patriots offense, right? They do trick plays. They can have double throws like Kendrick Bourne throwing a touchdown last week. You just never know what they're going to do. We've seen the Chargers struggle with keeping contained, especially tackling on the outside, getting runners to cut back in. There's a lot of things the Chargers have to really look at this week, but with all the screen passes they're going to try to use to try to keep your pressure away from them, staying home, staying disciplined, staying in your spot is going to be huge against the Patriots this week. John, what is your first key for success defensively this week? Well, it's got to be getting the Patriots to not use your weakness against you. You obviously are really, really bad in the run game. So get them into some second and longs, some third and longs. Make them one-dimensional. Get an early lead. Make them have to pass the ball. Make it to where the run game is no longer a problem because it's no longer an option for the Patriots. If they're, if your weakness is the running game, Bill Belichick is going to use that against you. He knows how to take your weakness and use it against you. He knows how to find your strength and take it away. If Keenan Allen's your best threat, he'll just triple-team him and say, here, beat us with somebody else. You know, He's one of those kind of guys. So he'll do the same thing with you offensively. And so on defense, you got to get them into those second and longs, third and longs, make it to where they have to pass, make them one-dimensional. If you get that early lead, they have to pass all the time, and the running game is no longer an issue for you. And and get this, over 348 of their 419 offensive plays are funneled through their running backs and their tight ends. That's literally 83% of their overall offense is coming from those running backs and those tight ends, and they use them both in the running game and the passing game. So it is a large component of that offense. Yeah, yeah what I mean, they're trying to do is they're trying to draw you in. They're trying to draw you in, hit that big play. They're trying to say, here, we're going to dump it off to this guy really quick. Make the tackle. I bet you can't. If you do, eventually you're going to want to bite on it on a play fake or something, and then that's when they hit you deep, and that's when they get big plays. Yeah, and I mean, obviously easier said than done because the Chargers have been the worst run defense in the NFL so far this year. So like saying, I mean, you know, stop the run. Obviously, that's going to be a plan. And, you know, Brandon Staley should know that Bill Belichick is going to try to exploit that weakness, right? But like Bill Belichick can also like get in your own head too, where it's like, well, what if Bill Belichick thinks that we are going to just try to stop the run because we know that's our weakness. So then he's going to try to do this, right? Only with Belichick, you're like, maybe he's going to come up with something that nobody expected, and it's a totally different game plan with him. But, I mean, yeah, tackling, too, obviously is so huge with all those screen passes and things like that. And, yeah, just slowing down those running backs. Last week, 25 carries, 125 or 27 yards, nine catches for 91 yards. That's over 200 yards of offense right there against Dallas. 24 carries, 123 yards, five catches for another 49 yards. I mean, that's over 170 yards of offense right there, right? So, like, that's so much offense just coming from the running backs, not even talking about tight ends where Hunter Henry has scored a touchdown in like five straight games for them, four or five straight games. So like it is going to be really hard for the Chargers this week defensively. I think that 
I want to see Brandon Staley make life difficult for Mac Jones, right? Because that's one of the things that we always hated in prior coaching staffs was just like, you're letting a rookie quarterback do this against you. Like there's so many games where rookie quarterbacks look terrible. It just never seems to come against the Chargers. So I'm hoping, David, that Brandon Staley has something special dialed up this weekend because I want to make Mac Jones look like the rookie that he is, kind of like the New Orleans Saints did. Yeah, they need to run some games. They need to get some twists in there. They need to send some safeties and some corners and some linebackers on the blitz. They need to try to make Mac Jones figure out where the pressure is coming. And also, I want to see the Chargers continue to look for those opportunities to knock the ball out. The Patriots have fumbled eight times, and they've lost five of those fumbles so far. And the Chargers, they've done a pretty damn good job of doing that. They've forced nine fumbles this year but they've only recovered three of them. So they have to do a much better job of capitalizing on those opportunities. When they do the right thing and knock the ball out, they have to go get that football and give their offense another opportunity to get out there and score. Yeah, well, and then I want to bring up this too. If you're you're the Chargers, you you need to, as a player, know what your weakness is. Because Hunter Henry and Adrian Phillips, I bet you're telling them what the weaknesses are. They're like, hey, if you put me up against this guy, I bet you I can cover him, or I bet you he can't cover me. You got to know what your weakness is and know that they're probably going to attack it and be ready for it at any moment. Yeah. And I mean, I think individually that makes sense. Right. But it is a completely different scheme. Right. I mean, neither Adrian Phillips nor Hunter Henry played in this offense or this exact defense, but player tendencies, things like that. This is where he likes to go. This is the way he likes to cut, whatever that is. I mean, that could play some part of it, but I mean, they didn't really need it. I mean, they had Adrian Phillips last year and that was, you know, one dude, I mean, besides like Lawrence guy forever ago, but like they had a plenty of good game plan against the Chargers. I don't think they even needed the inside info. I think they would have been fine just by coming up with a scheme that made life really tough for Justin Herbert. And we talked about, you know, making life difficult for quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks. There's nobody better at doing that than Bill Belichick. So hopefully Brandon Staley takes a page out of that book. The Chargers can get the Patriots into third and longs and things like that. Let their pressure be effective and then just tackle in the open field because that's going to be huge to try to limit the explosive plays because that's where a lot of the explosive plays comes from, from the Patriots. It's not usually deep downfield balls. It's usually a guy streaking across the middle, catching the ball and gaining 20 yards after the catch or something along those lines. So it's going to be hard for the Chargers defense this week. I do think that, especially with the running game getting going for the Patriots, but I do think there's a chance they have a decent performance here. But I think the onus is really on Justin Herbert and the offense, and Joe Lombardi to avoid what happened last year when the Chargers went up against the Patriots. So coming up after this, we'll get into our offensive keys for success, and there's a lot for the Chargers going up against this defense, and we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and families can come to reconnect. It's a place to go after baseball games when your team wins or loses. It's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home team or away team can come to recharge and right now guys you guys can go hang out at your local mcdonald's and have a place where not only you're going to get mcnuggets and mcflurries and big macs and spicy mcchickens regular mcchickens all that stuff i love french fries obviously the best french fry out of any restaurant out there i think that's pretty undeniable that mcdonald's has the best french fries but you guys can go right now and go to your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect i mean one of these days i'm telling you guys locked on chargers watch party at a McDonald's. Who else is doing that? We'll be the first one. But I love McDonald's, and make sure you guys go check out your local McDonald's. I'm loving it. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into our offensive keys for success. And 
the Patriots had a very vaunted defense, right? But it's a different defense than it was. I mean, Jonathan Jones is now out for the season. One of their best corners. They traded Steph- uh, They traded Desmond. Who did they trade? Stephon Gilmore. They yeah. traded Stephon Gilmore earlier in the year. He didn't even really play for them. But it seems like they always make it work with the pieces they've had. I mean, they've had, you know, Davis Mills threw for like 300 yards against them and a half. There's some things that don't make sense there. But... The Chargers should be able to find success, you know, offensively. They should have been able to have a much better day last year than they did. So, John, I'll start with you on this side of the ball. Where are you going with for your first key for success for the Chargers offense going up against a defense that seems to always give them trouble? Well, if you're the Chargers, you'll know that the Patriots watched the Ravens game film. And the Ravens would do like a four-man rush, drop a zone, and you couldn't figure out what to do with it. And Justin Herbert was holding on to the ball, trying to make the big play. The Patriots are going to do that again. I I bet you they're going to do it. You got to get the ball out quickly. You got to do those one, two, three, throw, one, two, three, throw, get it to a guy. If it's four yards, five yards, okay. Maybe they break a tackle and it's a 10-yard gain. Whatever it is, you got to get the ball quickly, prevent any pressure from getting to Herbert, and eventually you draw guys in, and then Herbert can make those big plays. Or they're going to have to bring a blitz. Maybe they have to bring a blitz to get pressure there faster. Now guys are open even more. Now you have room to run, too, because there's less guys out there to make the tackle. Whatever you do, you got to get that ball out quick. And don't always let it be the running back in the flats or the running back on the swing route. Like, actually do plays down the field, plays that are seven yards in front of you, not behind the line of scrimmage. Because I don't know what it is with doing that when we're still losing and trailing, but it's not going to work every single time. you got to throw the ball down the field in this situation. And I think Justin Herbert has a tendency that when he doesn't know what he's seeing, he does just want to dump it off to Austin Eckler. He does just want to get it out of his hands because he doesn't know exactly where he should go next with the ball. And I think that's, you know, as much as Brandon Staley says, it's a new coach, it's a new team. We're not watching last year. I mean, there's a lot to learn from that game from last year with Justin Herbert and making him more comfortable and telling him exactly where things went wrong last year during that game and how he can fix it this time around. And I think Overall, I mean, one key for success is just Justin Herbert's going to have to be a lot better. I mean, there's no way he has the game he had last year and the Chargers win the game on Sunday. So Justin Herbert David is going to have to show some growth. He's going to have to show that he can really, you know, diagnose some of these disguises that he really struggled with last year. And on the offensive line, they have to be able to pick it up, too, because last year there was a ton of pressure and the Patriots didn't blitz a lot. Right. It was all just disguises at the line of scrimmage, having a bunch of guys near or at the line of scrimmage. And you didn't know who was coming. The Chargers offensive line really struggled with that. And they struggled again with it last week. A lot of free rushers coming at Justin Herbert in those situations. I mean, it's really, really tough and you're fighting a real uphill battle. So Justin Herbert has to be better at diagnosing what's in front of him in the offensive line this year is going to have to do a lot better. And I think Corey Lindsley will help that a lot. Right. Compared to last year figuring out which guys are going, figuring out who blocks who. That's going to be so important. It's going to be massive, absolutely. And Corey Lindsley, you touched on it. He's going to have to kind of take some more of the responsibilities, try to identify what's going on with those protections, take some of that off, some of that off of Justin's plate. But they also need to have better play calling on first and second down. Brandon Staley talked about how they need to be more prolific on first and second down. They need to throw the ball down the field like, John mentioned uh, that has to be a a big staple of this offense. They have to stay on schedule. They have to stay ahead of the sticks. They got to keep the Chargers offense on the field. And I think one way to do that, especially against the Patriots, is to target the linebackers in coverage. They have two they have two linebackers in particular that are very, very bad in coverage. That's Donta Hightower 
and Kyle Van Noy. Donta Hightower has given up eight receptions on eight targets for 69 yards. 46 of those yards have came after contact. Uh, they also have a QB rating when they're targeting that linebacker of 142.2. So if he is in coverage, definitely find him and throw the ball to whoever he is trying to cover. Also, Kyle Van Noy giving up seven receptions on nine targets and 75 yards after contact. So not very, not very good at all. Also, a passer rating of over 140 and has given up a touchdown. If those guys are in coverage on anyone, whether it's a running back, a tight end, or a wide receiver, they better never do that. But if that happens, definitely throw the ball at those guys. They can't cover at all. Take advantage of it every single time. Well, I think an important part to make that happen as well is you got to keep this game close. If you let this game get like it was last year, you you do have nothing, no choice but to pass that ball. And then they, those guys that are bad in coverage, as David just mentioned, are not going to be bad in coverage because they know what's coming. They're not going to have to read the run play. They can just be like, oh, you're going to run it? Well, we're up by 28. Okay, cool. We'll give you this seven-yard run. But if, you're, if it's a seven-point game, they're going to have to play the run. They're going to have to stay honest, and that's when you're going to beat them with that. Yeah, and I mean, I think we saw how much, you know, not having that running game hurt the Chargers offense last week. I mean, last week was easily their worst performance on the ground and easily their worst performance as an entire offense. But when you're getting, you know, like eight yards from your running backs in a game, I mean, that's just going to make you way too predictable and make it way too easy for teams like the Ravens and guys like Bill Belichick to dial the things up that they want to dial up. So, like, you just can't have it be predictable and last year it was way too predictable the Chargers have a chance this week to make a big difference in that regard but yeah I think finding those explosive plays on first down is going to be huge but speaking of the running game I mean that's what's tough because if Ostenkor is out there that's a great matchup against those linebackers right you'd love to have him be able to kind of run amok through those dudes but without him though somebody's gonna have to step up John I mean whether it's Justin Jackson whether it's Larry Roundtree whether it's Joshua Kelly I mean, even if Austin Eckwood plays, one of those guys needs to eventually step up and do something because nobody has had a firm grasp on that backup role. And even Austin Eckwood is saying, you know, out there publicly, like somebody needs to go get it, right? Like if he can't go in this game, I mean, first of all, it's devastating for the Chargers offense because they just don't have somebody that can replicate what Austin Eckwood is able to do. His physicality, his pass catching, all of those things, his versatility. But one of these other dudes is going to have to step up, John, or it's going to be a really long day. Well, you don't really need one guy to step up, really. If you have a bunch of guys like this that Anyone. can't carry a, wor- a workload, just cycle them through. Just bring a I guy in. Run holding a workload though, because none of them are getting more than five carries. Like that's a workload thing. You just need but one if you of were, them to be effective, and none of them have been effective. With the three if you were to give them have. twenty carries, though, they're not going to be able to handle that. They're going to get like twenty yards, thirty yards. But if you yeah, cycle no. them through one at a time, two at a time, then keep rotating them through. They're going to get their rotations. If you ever notice, if you bring one of those guys in when Eckler needs a rest, what do they usually do? They make a they make a decent run, right? Like a seven run yard run or a yards. decent or a decent ten yard pass no. catch or something. But if they run five consecutive, yeah, it has. There, 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 there's been no really good running back besides Austin Eckler when they've been filling in for him this year. None of those guys have stepped up. Look at all of their average yards per carry. It's all they've, bad. They've only had a couple of runs here and there where, where they've had a – There's like two Josh Kelly run. runs I can think of, and then last week he went for nothing. There's like and they're one always, Larry Roundtree run. And they're always when you give Austin Eckler a quick break and then they're off the field. But if you leave him in the game, let's say, let's say Eckler's hurt and he has to leave for a few drives, yeah, they don't do nothing. 
But if Austin Eckler needs a breather and they come in, they get a nice, decent five-yard run or a decent seven-yard, 10-yard reception. That's what I'm saying. If you cycle them through, they seem to always do it one play at a time, not play after play after play. So I think if you cycle all the running backs through, you'll get better production. Not nothing great to live up to Eckler's standards, but I think you get better production out of them. I get what you're saying. I just think if there anything, there'd be an argument of, hey, these guys aren't getting enough carries to get into a rhythm in the game to start breaking off better That's runs. a good point, too. I, like I, it's just hard to say like it's hard to quantify that you know but like it just has to be better than it has been for all three of those dudes I mean we even if it's you know one guy goes for 10 yards here another guy goes for 10 yards here that's fine as long as it's effective like as long as somebody is running the ball effectively it doesn't matter because it's going to help Justin Herbert so much you're putting so much on his plate if you can't run the football at all and it just scares me with Austin Eckler out who's going to pick that mantle up because we haven't seen anybody do it so far this year we have seen little tiny bursts you know surrounded by one and two yard gains but that's just not going to get it done this week against the Patriots defense and just with Bill Belichick and that mind and the way that he can really change the game and make you do what he wants you to do once you get out there and that's the tough thing about going up against a New England team yeah two things real quick uh, they they really need to get Keenan Allen involved in this game I mean and last game they, they had him involved mm-hmm. what one play and then they kind of forgot about him for two or three quarters until until the end when they kind of needed him but you have to get him going early and off early and often he's one of the catalysts for this team they need to, to get the ball in his hands and let him go that has to happen and also hey the Chargers sign Andre Roberts Let's create a spark in the special teams game. Let's Please. get a good return on a kick return. Let's get a good punt return. Just anything. Provide a spark. Give a shorter field to Justin Herbert so he can go out there and do what he does. Hey, having Andre Roberts is going to be a little bit of advantage in this game because if you, I've been saying it whenever I go to the games. So I'm looking at the other fan going, hey, if your team is smart, they're going to kick it to Larry Lounge right now because he can't return it to 100%. save his life, and they're going to start inside the twenty. And every time, dink, oh, here comes Larry Roundtree, tackle the 17. I'm like, yep, there you go. But now with this guy, you might get a lot more touchbacks because the Patriots know what he can do. You're going to get a lot better starting position, I would say, uh, for every single drive. At least there's a threat there now. Uh, there was no threat before. Now there is. Yeah, yeah even in the passing that. game, if you if you get an injury this game, he's a decent wide receiver screen wide receiver. I mean, you might have a he's little bit of a chance. Five yards per catch this season. One yeah. catch for 35 yards. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's I mean, totally big. when none of the guys on your kick return unit have averaged more than 17 yards, I mean, I think, you know, before the, the standard was 20 yards, right? If you're averaging more than 20 yards, it's almost always a positive play unless you're taking it out from your own end zone. Now it's the 25 is what you're getting compared to. So like to take that minus, you know, nine yard loss at the beginning of every drive because you're getting it out to the 16 or 17 yard line, like, that's just brutal when you're doing it all season long. Those yards add up. But on the flip side of that, don't let the dude that looks like John Kegley run for three punt returns for 145 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. I think it's going to be the other big thing. I mean, those who are not you know, subscribed to YouTube are missing out right now because you would have the comparison sitting right in front of your face to see the guy that you know might try to torch the Chargers on Sunday. But we do have to talk a little bit more about Austin Eckler because he's definitely the biggest name on the Chargers injury report and half of the Patriots whole roster is on the injury report for them. So we're going to get into that and our final bold and game predictions for this one coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar in the world. And you know, I'm talking about Bilt Bars. And for me with Bilt Bars, I go to the flavors. So many great flavors to choose from. 
mint brownie, my favorites, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. You go salted caramel, double chocolate, whatever kind of flavors you like, you're going to find something that you like with Built Bar. And one of the things I love about it is you can feel like you're eating a candy bar while you're actually getting something that fits on your diet. And there's so many bad tasting <laughs> protein bars out there. I mean, chalky, waxy, it just doesn't quite taste right. These ones are all soft and easy to chew and 100% covered in chocolate. And who doesn't like that? But they are going to fit on your diet, though, because they're low carb, low sugar, and high in protein. So right now, guys, find the Built Bar that you like. You can get a mixed box. You can try multiple different flavors, and you can find out which one is your favorite. And you can just take them on the go with you. They're great for that. I take a couple with me every day. My fiance ends up stealing mine and taking him to work, and I never see him again. But right now, guys, you guys need to go check out what Built Bar flavor is your favorite. And then we can discuss. But go to built.com right now and you guys can save some money. If you use the promo code LACK15, you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LACK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, well, John Kegley is still recovering over there from the massive burn that I laid on him in the last segment, but we will move on. We will keep pushing. So it's time to get into the injury report here and I think we start with this, guys, because the biggest names, I mean, that were going into this week that Brandon Staley said were trending to play this week were Drew Tranquil, Justin Jones, and Nazir Adderley. Drew Tranquil is the one that's a little tough in this because he's a limited participant all week. He hasn't been back in practice in full capacity yet. That's a little alarming, and he's going to be huge. I mean, he's been their best linebacker. So far this year, and he would make a huge difference in this game with his instincts. We've seen him breaking up screen passes. We've seen him shooting in to make open field tackles on guys like Patrick Mahomes. He just has really, really good instincts. And you need a guy like that who can tackle in the open field and sniff out these plays, especially against the Patriots and all the misdirection they're going to pull. So that is going to be huge. Brandon Staley said he was on track to play. I'll take his word for it. But this is the concerning part, David. It's Thursday night as we're recording this, and Austin Eckler missed practice on Thursday. So that wouldn't be as crazy if we knew what it was, if we knew the severity of the injury, if we already knew he didn't practice on Wednesday. But he went from a full participant on Wednesday to not participating at all on Thursday. That's devastating for this team right now if he's unable to go. Obviously, at this point, it's too soon to tell. Friday, we'll probably find out in Brandon Staley's press conference at least the severity and we'll get some game designations eventually but hard to understate how big of a loss that'd be for the Chargers if he's unable to go it's terrible whenever you see a player of that caliber who is so important to your team go on the injury report and not practice in the middle of the week towards a game day and a game against the Patriots who are not what their record is showing right now. This this is a much better football team than what their record shows. You need all of your hands on deck. You need all of your weapons available to you. And Austin Eckler does so many great things in the passing game and in the running game. And he's just that security blanket, that safety blanket for Justin Herbert. So if he's not able to go, the Chargers running game, there's really nothing behind him right now. So you have to really just pray that you're going to get any kind of production from Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly or Larry Roundtree. Cause if Austin Eckler doesn't go, you might see all three of those guys up on game day on Sunday. And it's a lot harder to come up with a creative game plan. If you don't have that specific chess piece in your arsenal, right? Because I'm sure when they're looking at these plays and Joe Lombardi is kind of scripting out the first drive and looking at things he wants to call, like there's certain plays where he's like, okay, well this is Austin Eckler, but 
if he's not on the field, we probably can't run that play, or at least we can't go to the same guy we would necessarily on that play. So it's hard to replace him. I, we can't really panic about it too much because right now we just don't know what it is. He could have nicked something up, and you know, Brand Stable was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We know how important you are. We're shutting you down for the rest of the week. We'll see you on Sunday, kid." Right? I mean, that's best case scenario. And we know obviously. that's a philosophy of his too. We know that it, he always wants to do whatever he can to get his guys to play on Sunday. When we saw this happen with Austin Eckler earlier in the season, where he stopped practicing, didn't practice going into the game, and they still ended up dressing him on Sunday, and he was active and he played and he played well. So there is some precedent for it, but let's get into our bold prediction. Let's get wild. Let's just get crazy with this one. John Keg goes on the show. So he's been way more like timid and a little bit mild mannered as far as his bold predictions lately. I mean, I, I'm used to him just saying like some really egregious things. So what? John, uh, what's your bold what? prediction this week? Okay. Well, since we know that Bill Belichick is going to take out your strong point and make you use your weak point to beat you, I believe Joshua Palmer is that weak point. And I'm going to say he gets his first 100-yard two-touchdown game this week. Okay. Yeah, there he is. He's back. All right, just like that, John Kegley is back. I would love to see Joshua Palmer get more involved in the offense. Like, I think it's a good sign that last week. I mean, obviously, it worked out terribly, and you probably shouldn't go to him on fourth down there if you guys aren't on the same page. But – I was excited to see them targeting him more, especially on those crucial downs and getting him on the field there because I do think he obviously brings some things route running-wise, hands-wise, controlling the catch and things like that that Jalen Guyton doesn't bring to the table, even though he doesn't have that top-end speed. But that would be wild. (laughs) David, where are you going with this one? I like the wide receiver position for the bull prediction, but it's not Joshua Palmer. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'm wearing his jersey. Uh That's Keenan Allen. I'm going, Keenan Allen's going to have a huge bounce back game in this one. He's going to remind everyone why he's the number one wide receiver on this team. And he's going to go off for 12 catches, 150 yards and two touchdowns. Jesus Christ. I mean, you guys are just going wild with these things. I'd love to see it. It seems like Keenan Allen is like hitting the, hitting the boiling point though. Right. Like it just seems like one of these games, he's just going to explode for a just huge, you know, 10 catches, 140 yards and two touchdowns type of performance, especially since we've already seen it from Mike Williams, you know, and usually those are the Keenan Allen games that are going that way and putting up huge numbers. I feel like I have to go defense now since you guys went offense. So I'm definitely not going to say that the Chargers are going to hold the Patriots under hundred rushing yards, even though it's much more realistic than it would have been, you know, against the Browns or the Ravens. So I'm not going to go back down and and dip into that well again. I'm going to say that the Chargers defense forces four turnovers in this one and helps the Chargers out in a big way. I'm going to say they force two fumbles and get two interceptions off of Mac Jones and Brandon Staley comes with a way to really make things difficult on Mac Jones in this one. So I'm going to go defensively on this one. I hope Joey Bosa gets a sack because after all that time chasing around Tom Brady, I think he deserves to hit. Mac Jones a little bit. I mean, maybe somebody a little... with a Patriots uniform on that's playing quarterback. Absolutely. I hope it looks like Randy Gregory because the Randy, Randy Gregory laid one of the most clean, perfect hits on Mac Jones in the game a couple of weeks ago against Dallas that I've ever seen. And like, I felt it in my living room. I'd love to see that for Joey Bosa, especially after all the roughing the passer flags. It's like, let him just get one where he just hits the dude so clean and so hard, but just get doesn't all, get all that frustration out right totally. there. He deserves it. I mean, you know, get some some of that money. He's never going to get it back, but he can make it feel a little bit more worth it. We got we got to sh- like we got to see the shrug. We got to see the shrug. No, and <laughs> you feel like there would be one too in the navies. I'm totally here for it. But 
I know John's going to give us some notes. David, you go first. You're the optimist of the group, right? I mean, there's no surprise there. I don't know what I'm going to do for this one. Actually, I kind of do. But where are you going for the game prediction? Who is going to win on Sunday when the Chargers take on the dreaded Patriots? No, David, they're not going to win 85 to nothing. Yeah, Yeah, honestly, honestly, I I really don't feel great about this game, guys. I I think the Chargers are just kidding. I think the Chargers are very motivated. I think they're as healthy as they have ever been this season. I think they're getting impact guys back at every level with Justin Jones on the D-line, Drew Tranquil coming back hopefully from injury, and then Nas Adderley on the back end. Uh, Guys that they've sorely missed without question. Uh, I think that is going to play a big factor. I also think they're going to force the Patriots to throw the ball more than they want to because they're going to get it early. That is the recipe for the Chargers to win. I think they're going to go out there and do that. uh, And they're going to capitalize on it. I think the Chargers are going to avenge that 45 to nothing loss. And they're going to beat the Patriots 31 to 21. Oh, by 10. I mean, I'm surprised to see the Chargers as like a six point favorite in this one i mean it just doesn't feel like the you know especially against this team they've had such a problem with it's really tough Uh, i think i know where john's gonna go with it but i'll go first on this one so for me i think it's tough because i think you are playing a team that will know how to expose some of your weaknesses and you are playing against the team that made justin herbert look like a rookie quarterback last year and that was something that pretty much bill belichick and only a couple others were able to do you maybe the bills game maybe the dolphins game but easily his worst game was against the Patriots, and that's a team he's going up against now. New offense going up against that team. I think it's going to be tough. The last time I picked the Chargers to win, they lost against the Ravens. But the last time I picked the Chargers to lose, they beat the Chiefs. I'm going to say this one, especially against this team, I'm going to say I'll believe it when I see it, and the Patriots just are one of those teams where I'm going to have to see them take down the Patriots, right, for the first time since 2008 for me to believe that they're going to beat the Patriots. So I'm going to say Patriots, 27 chargers 24 john your turn well i love the order we went in the two guys that are three and three on chargers predictions and now we go to first place four and two on chargers predictions here and first place in the run your pool league just in hashtag case you're all wondering brag. <laughs> hashtag not humble brag go on more like hashtag fort brag but whatever um so the all-time series is really ugly let me just uh <clears throat> Make sure y'all can hear this. Just off the old notebook. The Chargers trailed this series 26, 15, and 2. But most of that is due to the fact that the Chargers have lost 18 of the last 21 oh. and 8 of the last 9 against the I Patriots. Throw up. Dude, like, that, that right there is a difference of 15 games in the series. And if you take that away, the Chargers would be leading this series by four games. So just those last 21 games are the deciding factor in this That's whole all. series. <laughs> That's but all. This, just the last 21. The most no recent deal. 21. That's that it. just shows you how bad we've played for years against the Patriots. And as long as Bill Belichick is the coach and we have a horrible run defense, I cannot pick the Chargers to win until they – if they would have at least gotten a, a defensive tackle this week, I would have had some hope. But we did nothing. All we did was get Justin Jones back. Justin Jones. Nah, I am still his his biggest <laughs> critic. I am still that guy's biggest critic. I am not going to say he is an addition. He is, a, he is some lumber you have to carry around for no reason. I told no you guys that he was going to be mean to Justin Jones. And I tried to tell him. I, I tried to run the fans. I think it's going to be close. I think they're going to figure out a way. But I think the Chargers still lose this game 24-20. to 20. 
Oh, all right. So, I mean, we're pretty close there. But for when I said it, I felt a lot better about it than when John said it. Like, when John said it, it felt like when your dog walks into the room and leaves, like, a silent fart and then just walks away and, like, it's like everyone feels bad at that, in that scenario. Or right? barks in the middle of your recording. And John's like, hey, guys, you guys want to do some predictions? And he's a dog fart and then everything's over <laughs> and everyone feels bad, right? So, thanks a lot, John. I'm, I'm, thanks for ending things on a great note. I mean – it's going to be great if the Chargers can pull it off. I mean, there's not many teams in the league that feel better to beat, even without Tom Brady, than the Patriots, especially when you've lost 18 out of your last 21, especially when you got drubbed 45-0 to zero last year. Let's make no mistake about it. It is a revenge game for the Chargers, Brandon Staley, Anthony Lynn or not. I mean, you have to go out and have a better performance than you did last year, especially well. since... I think there's a fun little fact here that we don't have Travis Benjamin, so no running backwards into the end zone, right? I mean, there is a positive there, but I mean, Travis <laughs> Benjamin wasn't part of the 45 to zero beatdown somehow, right? So he was just a part of another embarrassing loss to the Patriots. But the Chargers have a chance, right? The Chargers have a good chance. This is the coaching, right? The level of coaching is going to be a lot closer this year than it was last year. If they can avoid special teams disaster in this one, I think they have a really good chance to win the game, and I think Justin Herbert will look much better than he did the last time these two teams met up. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everybody who is checking us out on YouTube. Make sure to go down to the bottom and hit the subscribe button. Thank you to everyone who is checking us out on the podcast. And remember to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, the TuneIn app, or wherever you get your podcasts from and make sure you follow there. But if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, Dave Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and John Kegley on Twitter at BiggestChargersFN with one G and Biggest because he has the worst Twitter handle of all time. But that is going to do it for us today. If you guys want to get your reactions to the show and make sure to call into the voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924. Football is back. The bye week is over. The Chargers are taking on the Patriots this weekend a lot to be excited about and make sure if you also never want to miss the show to follow us on all of our social media you can find us now on our locked on Chargers youtube page as well as our new locked on Chargers instagram at locked on lac on twitter and our locked on Chargers facebook page but hopefully we're back here with you guys on monday discussing a huge win for the chargers and brandon staley and justin herbert but until then take it easy and go bolts